Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. Today's a good one. I'm excited. Okay, so... So many things, but we're going to start by, this is the first time I'm talking to another Stephanie. Excited. Yay. The Stephs Stephs are talking. So Stephanie Pinsley, she is a, we're going to lead with it, a Google dropout. So how many of us, and you know, we have, we hold Google up there as my ship has long passed as far as I'm at a stage in my life where Again, if I was younger in my 20s, yeah, I'd want to be a part of that that company. So it turns out to be what you think is your dream job. And then as life would have it, you know what? It there's there, there's that left turn that just shows itself. And people may have thought perhaps she fell on her head, perhaps she was crazy, but <laughs> she walked away. And that's what we're here to talk about that whole journey and more. So with that, I welcome Stephanie. Thank you so much oh, for being here. Thank you, Stephanie. I, I love that. Well, thank you, Stephanie. You, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> but we spell oh. them differently. So yes, I'm asking yes. the PH. You're the F and I'm the PH. And, <laughs> and, do people, and do people ask how to spell it? Like anyone yeah. that ever asks, I'm like, well, thank you for asking. Yeah. I know, me too. Good. Sometimes they do. And I'm like, yes. And when I tell them it's an F and they, they forget how to spell the rest of Stephanie, it throws them off. So I'm used to them spelling it however they want. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so happy that you're here. I always start with, tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start. Sure. So I was, I guess I'm going to, I'll start with college. So I was a an applied economics and management major at Cornell and I concentrated in marketing. So I've always kind of loved marketing. It's always been my bread and butter. You know, I did a lot of marketing case competitions, internships, et cetera, throughout college. So I knew marketing was definitely my path. I didn't know exactly what that would be. And so upon graduating, I applied to a bunch of places, didn't really land anywhere that was super exciting to me. And my friend Lawrence was like, Steph, you have to apply to Google's APMM program, which is their Associate Products Marketing Manager program. This is just their entry-level marketing program. And I was like, there is 0% chance I get in. One. (laughs) Two, I don't want to move to Mountain View, California. I'm a New Yorker. So I'm like, I want to stay on the East Coast where my family are, where my friends are. And he's like, just, just apply. So I did. It was a pretty crazy application or interview process. Um, I ended up getting in, which was very exciting. I never thought that was going to be possible ever. That was a huge achievement for me. And then, you know, I started out on the Google Assistant brand team where I was able to do some really cool things there. I launched our viral Home Alone campaign, which was a crazy experience, probably the hardest month of my life. I probably lost five years off my life launching that campaign, but very proud of how that turned out. And then I moved to our kids and families team and then our digital well-being team, the whole time staying within brand, within marketing. So you know, over time, especially come COVID, March of 2020, I started to get really, really burnt out, very 
unhappy, um, super anxious, depressed. It was really starting to strain on my relationships with my family because I was living at home with my friends. I really wasn't speaking to anyone. I had zero tolerance for any sort of adversity. So it's like I get an email, was slightly inconvenient, and I would just be like, it, I couldn't handle things, right? So my, I was just at a point of really, really extreme burnout. And so as much as I tried to push through it, you know, take a mental health day here and there, nothing was really working. Nothing was kind of alleviating this problem. So I ended up taking a leave of absence in August of 2020. And that was a really, a really eye-opening time for me because for the first time in my life, I was able to take a step back from always this high-achieving persona, always doing what everyone else wanted me to do, being this person that, you know, I thought my family and friends wanted me to be. And I was trying to figure out, you know, what was the reason I was so burnt out because it wasn't just, and it really wasn't working too much. It wasn't a matter of like being overworked. It was really just, I had realized that the work I was doing was so deeply unfulfilling to me and it felt meaningless. I didn't feel like I had an impact. I felt like I was just doing very just kind of just random monkey sort of work. I felt like a cog in the machine inside of a bigger machine. (laughs) Like it just felt very mundane to me. And so through my leave of absence, through a lot of mindset work, you know, therapy, journaling, all sorts of introspection, I realized that, yeah, I needed a lot more freedom, autonomy. I wanted to make a bigger impact. And I ended up deciding to start building up an audience online. And so I started to post on TikTok in September of 2020, just share whatever marketing, mindset, branding tips I had so that A, I could really feel a creative sense of creative freedom, which I didn't have a sense of making an impact and having that autonomy. But also I saw a big opportunity with the, with just a bunch of creators growing these huge platforms on TikTok with just with simple content creation. So I started to create and over time I had grown an audience of 60,000 followers. I started attracting all sorts of opportunities, you know, brand deals, clients, partners, podcasts. And I decided to quit my job in, or sorry, February of 2021, because I realized that I wanted to work for myself and I knew I could leverage this, this platform that I built to launch my own marketing coaching company, Roadmap to Rise. So that's where I'm at. I mean, it's only been, I don't know, six or so months. I'm not good at Yeah. No, yeah, so journey's still fresh. (laughs) You're young. I've got a lot more years of experience on you. I'm 60. So TikTok, I see it. I don't go on it. My kids will send me whatever, (laughs) whatever it is. It's so the platform itself, is it a set time thing? Is it sort of like Snapchat? I mean, this is where I'm really going to age myself. Is it sort of like Snapchat? Like, what is this TikTok about? Well, Snapchat actually is now starting to become a little bit more like TikTok, but TikTok was really, is all just a short form video platform where people will create, it, it started out as people just creating very raw, authentic videos. I think people saw Instagram and how polished and everyone tries to put up this image of themselves on Instagram, put their best face forward, try to appear a certain way. I think people then started to migrate to TikTok because it felt a lot more authentic, a lot more real, and you could really find your community there. So it's just a short form video platform. It used to be only up to a minute, I think, but now the videos can go up to three minutes long. How do you first decide I'm going to make a TikTok video? Is it because I've seen similar to, I guess, on Insta stories or what have you, like makeup applications or people writing calligraphy, like just turn, just hit record and people will watch. So what was your original content delivery? What were you delivering? Yeah. So I spoke about, I was really passionate about three big things, marketing, branding, mindset, and, and one more is success principles. So like, how can you really optimize you know, your productivity, et cetera, et cetera. But, and also a bit of mental health. I honestly just started posting because again, I saw that opportunity and I wanted to build an audience, but I think with anyone who starts on TikTok, you just, it's a very scary thing to first put yourself out there. So it, the triggers for people are going to be different. Maybe it's, you know, you want to build a brand or maybe you just want somewhere to post your content. For me, it was a bit of both. But yeah, I just started and you can scroll back to my old TikToks. I was so awkward. Things were so just like eh, 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 like a robot, but you know, I've 
you, you progress as you post more and more. You get a little more comfortable as you, once you hit that record button or live button or whatever. So, and then how do you, do you just then wait for other people scrolling TikTok to find you? Can you promote yourself? What happens? Yeah. So this is where I think my marketing knowledge helped me in a bit, in a way, because I was able to figure out how to use hashtags and how to kind of find a niche because with TikTok, the way that you can get views, the quickest way when you first start out is to pick a specific niche and stick to it. Like really stay within the bounds that you've identified because that helps people understand who you are and they can come back to that. And that also helps the algorithm know where to serve your, your content. Because when you first start posting, your content's going to be served pretty randomly to people. And so as you start to post more, the algorithm gets to know you better and shows your content to more to people that are more relevant for you. And so that's sort of how you don't necessarily have to promote it yourself. You just have to, I think at the beginning, just kind of understand how to use a few hashtags and yeah, stick to a niche and you'll, the rest will kind of happen naturally. And is consistency important as well, as far as you, and do you just post one a day? Do you go on several times a day? What happens there? Yeah, that's a great question. Consistency is so important with TikTok, um, especially quantity, just getting as many videos out as possible is, is the quickest way to getting a viral post. Now I wasn't, I think I tried to do when I first started out about five posts a week. So once, you know, so just one post every day of the week, not on the weekends, but people are now saying like, if you want to grow really fast, you post like three to five videos a week. I think that's the quickest way to burn out and hating social media and wanting to <laughs> quit. So I wouldn't recommend that, but that is yeah. I guess, the way to hack the algorithm in a way. How much of a insider's view on the algorithm do you have based on the fact that you worked at Google? None, no, none, no, no insider view at all. But really? I can, I can guess. I mean, Google and TikTok are very so different, and TikTok's owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance, I believe. I didn't learn anything through Google. I, I just was more just observing performance. And I saw that like, for example, you know, shorter videos with longer watch time or percentage watch time did better with most social media algorithms. It's kind of a black box. And sometimes the video that you put the least amount of effort into will pop off. And the ones that you put the most amount of effort to, it's like crickets. You're like, what happened? Like, I thought this was going to be the one. So I don't really have any insider knowledge. I wish I did. That's uh, that's so interesting. So your dream job then turns into the reality of not serving, not serving. So what you you take your leave of absence and you know that something's got to give and you're going to look for your joy again. What made you decide and you were OK with my happiness right now is more important than, you know, what my ID badge says. You were ready to make a little pivot. Yeah. And I mean, to the point about the ID badge, it's like Google was my entire identity and it still is a big part of my identity just because I use it mostly as just a way to brand myself at this point. But in, I mean, Google was a huge part of my identity. It was basically just I felt like I had done, like I had achieved whatever I had to achieve. I felt like I was, I, I was worthy in society. So it was hard to really pull myself away from it. But at the end of the day, I realized that nothing in nothing is worth my mental and health, my mental health and my physical health. Absolutely nothing. I tried to trade that off and I had a great salary, great benefits. You know, Google is a great place to work in a lot of ways, but at the end of the day, I really couldn't sacrifice those two things. And especially when it comes to my relationships, if it was really putting a strain on my relationships, I, I figured, you know, it's not worth it. And also just doing a ton of that introspective work and realizing, you know, what are my strengths? What do I really need from a job and a career and seeing how misaligned that all was with what I was doing. That was really, I think the tipping point for me quitting. And your first job out of college, not too, obviously not too shabby <laughs> at all. And then how long did you wind up staying there? Over three years, a little over three years. Yeah. So demanding though. I mean, from a, is it from the time standpoint, from a competition level, from, you know, being, a, being in the campus with 
how many tens of thousands of people are yeah. in the campus there's, or and there's so many the mini there's, the mini city literally. that it is and yeah yeah it is a very competitive atmosphere i think especially with perfs which are just like our performance reviews there's this need i think to really prove yourself and prove your worth and really i call it um or i don't i don't call this i've heard it called showboating which is like how well can you show off your work and your value to as many people in the company as possible how can you show that you're a big influencer in a way you know you can really drive some results and obviously that's valuable in any corporation but i think with google it kind of gets taken to a bit of an extreme because of the high caliber of people there everyone is so type a such a high performer has always done well in school has always been able to achieve those you know those those high things and so naturally when you put all those people together it creates a very competitive environment and i mean i'll be honest the people that i worked with at google were amazing like i really love the people i worked with they were really great people i love my team but yeah, I think the the nature of of Google can be very competitive and some teams it really depends on your team. Some teams can be very very demanding, very you put in so much time and effort, but ultimately I think it's just the caliber of people they're all trying to shine in their own way. Jockey, right. Everybody's jockeying and Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Pick me, pick me, look at me. I'm the shiny I'm the shiny penny right now today. When you are Going inside to figure it out, to say, okay, I'm good here. What's next? You mentioned you did mindset. You did journaling. I'm going to guess meditation somewhere along the way. And how long did you step off and quiet yourself until you thought of that, either the TikTok or was it where you where you dabbling in TikTok while while you were, you know, with one foot out the door or while you were on your leave? So I was really lucky. My leave of absence was from August of 2020 till the end of December, which was a huge blessing. So the first month of leave was just entirely devoted to rest and relaxation and figuring out, you know, what is it that really wasn't working for me at this job? Like, what was it about the job specifically? And also like, what is it that I'm really good at and what are my strengths? And so I did like a bunch of personality tests. I reached out to friends and family. You know, I did a bunch of activities that actually helped me kind of figure out and get clear because I think often we're so close to ourselves and our achievements. We can't really see sometimes the value that we have to offer or the specific or the unique things about us that we can really leverage. So that was a lot of it, but I didn't start posting on TikTok until September. So about a month in, that's when I started posting consistently. And that just kind of revitalized me and gave me a sense of, it made me so happy because I was getting these messages and DMs from people being like, thank you so much. Like the content that you're sharing is helping me so much. Like I'm doing this and that. And it was like huge. It was so mind blowing and eye opening because I'm like, look at these messages. Like I have never felt this way at Google. Like I felt great with the home alone campaign because that video went viral. And I was like, Oh my God, look how cool I am. And I still think it's really cool. And I like to share it because it's like a fun fact, but that was like my biggest achievement there. Like, I didn't feel like I had any other thing that really, I wanted to go and say like, wow, like, look at me, like, this is something I- I'm so proud so of this. proud of this. Right. Cause, and that's what I think the biggest realization was when I took that leave was everything I had done up until that point was to get validation or recognition or approval from people, my family. And I had lost my sense of self in that whole process. I didn't really know who Stephanie was, like, what was it that I really wanted to do in this world? And so that whole leave was a major process of just self rediscovery and figuring out like who I am at my core and what I have to offer the world. Were, did you stay in California for your leave or did you come back? No. So East my Coast? leave, um, I moved back home to New York in March of 2020. And then my leave was in August. So I actually was on leave entirely at home, which I think was pretty nice because, yeah, I mean, San Francisco wasn't my favorite place to live. I'm not going to lie. So yeah, I was in New York most of the time or the whole time. Very good. Very good. So I'm curious about the family's reaction because you've mentioned a few times how perhaps you've done something or have gone a certain course 
either uh, to follow an expectation or to make, we all want to make our families proud and happy. Um, and then you come to this, you know, realization, okay, uh, I'm good here and peace out. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll keep making TikTok videos. And I just, you know, I don't know. I can only imagine perhaps your parents look on their face or how was that? Yeah. I mean, it was a process with them. When I first started to broach the subject, they were worried. <laughs> obviously to them, like Google's the pin- the pinnacle. Like you can't get better. You don't, you make a, such a great salary. So at first, it was really challenging to kind of get them on board and start to see my vision, especially as to see the vision of entrepreneurship for me, because growing up, I had undiagnosed ADHD. So I was always a big procrastinator, like waited till the very bitter last moment to work because I couldn't focus until my adrenaline was racing. And so I think that gave my parents a little bit of pause when I told them that I wanted to be an entrepreneur because they're like, you're like the worst procrastinator. Like, can you really make yourself like, you know, hit deadlines and set goals, things like that. At first they were worried. My dad is a very in the box kind of guy. He worked the same job for 30 years. And then another one. This is how it happens. Right. Yeah. He's a Mm -hmm. software engineer, very smart, but very just kind of logical, do by the books, not a rule breaker, not a risk taker. My mom is a little bit more, you know, eccentric. She's, you know, got, she's a lot, she's a lot more open to things. And so for her, it was easier to accept for my dad. It was a little bit more difficult, but over time, they just really want me to be happy at the end of the day. At the end of the, yeah, yeah, that's that's what we want. Yeah. Yeah. And they saw how unhappy I was and they saw how unsustainable this was. And so it really wasn't hard at all to convince them. But of course, when I first told them, they were like, are you sure? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like people, everybody wants to work there. Right. So undiagnosed ADHD, are you diagnosed now or do you just still think you're undiagnosed only because I'm the queen of procrastination and I've always said that I'm still undiagnosed, but (laughs) I should just go and and finish it and get an official diagnosis. But yeah, maybe you think it. You definitely work well when it's when you've got that half hour left 30 minutes 30 minutes everybody and then there's hell to pay for anyone in your path <laughs> because we have to finish this yeah no so i i actually did get diagnosed in college because basically i had hit a point at college of like extreme overwhelm because i could no longer just wing it like in high school i was able to just pull off the like last minute like study in a day kind of kind of thing. But then when I got to college, it was hard. And I was like, this is not going to work. And so I ended up getting really bad depression my first year, really bad anxiety, because I felt like I couldn't handle the workload at Cornell. I felt like I wasn't smart enough, like I wasn't good enough. And so, you know, after I got diagnosed, and I started to treat my ADHD with stimulant medication, that was like the biggest game changer for me. And I felt like all these blocks that were preventing me from really working and, and focusing finally came down and I was able to really like do the work. And I think for people that take stimulant medication that aren't, that don't have ADHD, it feels like this high and it feels like almost like you're like you have superpowers, but when you have ADHD and you take it, it just brings you to a normal baseline that people without ADHD just take for granted because it just comes naturally. So I was finally able to feel normal in the way that I worked and it was a huge help. Mm, very interesting. Now we're here. Now we're nine months later, not even just about nine months later. And a lot has happened. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot has clearly happened because uh, the year isn't over yet. And tell us what you've been doing. Yeah. So I have been, I just, well, not just, I finished the first cohort of my marketing and branding group coaching program, Roadmap to Rise, where I help people build their personal brands. I finished that program at the end of August. And so I have kind of, instead of relaunching right away, I decided to wait. I'm now relaunching it in January because I figured most people are not going to want to start a new program like this at the end of the year. I remember when I was 
in Q4, you know, end of the year for me, all I could think about was getting the hell out of get to the end of the year, get to the end get of the year, the whatever you can to make it through. Because <laughs> Come it is, on, January, yeah. get to the end of the year. It's just a hard time. And so I, I've ended yeah. up um, delaying the launch. I'm still accepting um, applicants, but I've just been focused on really thinking about where I want to go next, not just with Roadmap to Rise, but also with just my offerings. How can I kind of expand my offerings to people and allow people to have more access to me? Because I realized that I didn't really offer any services other than Roadmap to Rise that I could allow people to maybe book a one-off call or just get, you know, yeah, more access to me. And so that's something I'm working on now. Um, I want to start pouring more into content creation because that's something I've taken step back from, but it's something that I really love. And I've noticed that that's really, that's when I can connect the most with people when I can really create great content. So yeah, those are really the two biggest things, but I'm trying to use these last two months to both kind of get centered. I'm literally taking a trip to Rhode Island by myself tomorrow, just so I can change, change the scenery, clear my head, really try to get a fresh perspective on where I want to go with my business. And then, yeah, hopefully use these, you know, these next two months to yeah, focus on whatever kind of things come up. I think it's, again, going to be more of that one-on-one coaching and prepare for the launch in January. So we've talked to uh, a lot of coaches on this platform and a lot of online digital entrepreneurs, and it still might be a little foreign to people to be like, I don't understand how, how does this work? How do you make money? So my first question is, who is your ideal client? Like who would benefit from the, the content that you are creating in your roadmap to rise? Yeah. So my ideal client are new or aspiring online service providers. So think designers, freelancers, photographers, tarot readers, coaches, consultants, mentors, stylists, really any kind of service provider who want to build their online presence and who want to basically grow their brand so that they can attract more of their ideal clients, make a bigger impact, increase their influence, and just create a brand that they feel really aligned with that is unique, that differentiates them from their competitors, but is also just really authentic to them. And is this something for someone that wants to get started and doesn't have a brand, but knows or has an idea of here's what I'd like to provide. Yes, that's exactly right. So either those who have already started building their online presence, whether that's through a side hustle, or maybe it's a full-time thing, or those that they're not, they haven't really started, but they know, you know, I want to be a photographer, or I want to be a designer, or I want to do this kind of freelance work, but they just don't know where to get started. They don't know how to build their online presence, especially for like a freelancer, for example. Um, if you're trying to attract clients, that's really difficult because you have to, you know, stand out from all the other people on Fiverr, for example, like how do you actually, you know, get that awareness? Um, and so that's really, those are the kinds of people that I think would benefit the most from, from Roadmap to Rise. And then you're, they're going to learn, I guess, all different platforms. Again, this dinosaur here, <laughs> like um, I'm so happy I'm on Facebook. I'll throw an occasional Insta thing on and and then it's over for me. So <laughs> there's so many other places to be and to either obviously TikTok. So let me ask you a question again, because the old lady wants to know. <laughs> and I don't want to take myself out of the TikTok arena, although my kids would be mortified if I ever started TikTok, which I actually may just to, you know piss what? them off a little. <laughs> but is it it's is it for one generation versus another or everybody's on TikTok. Anyone can be on TikTok. And that's what's really cool about it. There are so many different niches. In terms of what I teach in the program, I I basically focus on the, the platforms with the biggest organic reach. So that's Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Clubhouse. And then basically we work on building your social media strategy around a few key platforms that are the most aligned with you and your ideal client so that you're not overwhelmed because there are so many different places to be. But no, TikTok is a great place. There's so many different niches on there. People of all shapes, sizes, ages, whatever are doing well on there. So that's what I love about that platform is there's so many different opportunities, no matter how niche or random you think it is, there's probably a community of people that would love to hear what you have to say about it on TikTok. All right. That's uh, 
gives me <laughs> gives me some hope. Joy, you I'm should not do it. Get on <laughs> oh, I should. I should do a lot of things. Okay, that's true. That's Don't that. but hey, n- never never say never because we're talking here today. <laughs> so with the brand again, I I have an idea. Here's my brand. And let's start with this. Are most of your clients solopreneurs? Are they one man shows for now? And then, then we're going to build and maybe build a team or yeah. what do you find? Well, I'm definitely serving those people that are early stages. So solopreneurs or even nopreneur, you know, you're just kind of inspiring entrepreneurs. So definitely I mean, it's not to say I couldn't help people that have a team, but usually those people that have a team already have those things figured out to some degree. That's actually not always true, but I definitely work more with the solopreneur audience. So with the different platforms, and is it mainly obviously online versus is it, I have the idea, is it content creation as well? And maybe building the course, adding to the course, making that roadmap? Yeah. So the courses covers, first, it's all about mindset. So really getting yourself assessing and building your mental readiness for this, because with building a brand, it's, it's a bit of a, a mind F in a way. And it's, there's a lot of, you, you can, you can say whatever you'd like. It's a mind fuck. So it is a mind fuck. Go <laughs> it, ahead. It is. Uh-huh. And there's so many challenges that come up. So that's the first whole module. And then we get into building your entire brand identity from the ground up. So figuring out what's your brand voice, your visuals, what's your brand purpose, your values, things like that. Have your whole brand foundation um, built for you. Then we go into social media marketing, building your whole social media marketing plan, mastering all those channels, figuring out what to post, how to post, how frequently we get into the nitty gritty in a crazy way. Then we move into content. So how to create great content, you know, how to repurpose your content, what makes great content, how to build a content marketing plan and measure the performance of all of that. And then finally, we work on email marketing. So I focus on the organic platforms because I don't want people, you don't have to pay money to, you don't have to spend money on ads or, or, you know, pay a lot of money to grow an audience and nurture this audience. And so email, you know, aside from the organic social platforms, email is also great. So we work on growing an email list and figure out how to nurture that list and how to leverage that to sell your offers or just, you know, you know, grow an audience that you have that list. Because once you have an email list, that's basically a license to print money, which someone, I think Jeff Walker said in his book launch, there's just a lot of opportunity there. Wow. Yeah. So that's, wow. that's the scope of the course. Just say that part again. Once you have an email list, it's, go ahead. It's a license to print money because once you have those people that have subscribed to your list, that you have a very intimate touch point to them, that social media just can't compare with. And social media is, and this is something I tell my clients, you don't own any of those platforms. You don't own your Instagram page. You don't own your TikTok page. You could get deact, your your page could get hacked at any time. You could get shadow banned, which just recently happened to me. So you you need to have your, you have to own certain platforms that you can use as a fail safe, email being one of them. You own the those people on your email list. I don't, that sounds bad. You own that platform. So the people on your email list, you you can't lose access to them through. I was going to say you have the access to them. Right. And so when you have that close touch point, when you're in someone's email inbox and you can really offer something valuable and and, and have that intimate relationship with them, because social media is a lot less intimate than email. You just, there's a lot of opportunity there for any kind of niche. So I think email is really important. It's probably more important than social media. How interesting. Because it's it's almost it's almost like the the middle sh- the the forgotten yeah. email right because everything's just right in front of you what what's happening today who posted what and and you forget now again you're you're talking to the person who probably has I think probably seventy six thousand unread AOL emails <laughs> which if I can you know delete a hundred I'm 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 very proud of myself so. You cover a lot. And how long is this course? 12 weeks. But the, so basically the course is, there's three components. There's a, a coaching component, group coaching. So weekly live group coaching calls with the cohort and myself. But then there's also a digital course. Their entire, the entire digital course lives on a platform that you have access to at all times. So it's videos, PDFs, workbooks, resources. So the actual coaching program, yeah, is, is 12 weeks. And, and the community is the third element. I said there's three parts. So there's like a private group. So those 
community and coaching are 12 weeks, but the actual course you have access to uh, forever, but you can walk, I walk you through the content um, in just those three months. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot, but you know, that's why I make it. It's a lot. No, no, no. I know it's, it's a lot. And um, um, even like three months sounds like a long time, but there's so much. Yeah. Especially with to cover and to learn and yeah. Wow. So what are your plans or, or your goals? What do you see for 2022 so far? What do you got on your whiteboard? I really want to obviously grow Roadmap to Rise, but I think I want to figure out a way to just connect with more people in a more I don't know. I want to get my voice out there more. I want to be able to speak with more people, have more conversations. I thought about maybe launching a podcast, which I started I started doing at the beginning of the uh, or middle of 2020 and that kind of fell off. But this is actually why I'm going to Rhode Island tomorrow so I can figure out what are the goals I want to set going forward um, because I could actually pivot quite a bit with, with some of my plans. So really right now, it's just growing Roadmap to Rise and figuring out how I can just expand my reach and get my, be able to share my voice with more people, you know, create better content. But again, yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. I wish I had a better answer, but that's a fine answer because we all think we have to know the answer. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I, I don't know that one. Yeah. Good. But, but look what you're doing. I'm taking tomorrow. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look for the answer. Maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe it'll come to you. Maybe a piece will come to you. Or maybe you'll just have a nice day. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a couple of a couple of ways it can pan out, but at least you're asking, seeking, putting it out there, and it always does appear, and usually better than what we originally think it's going to happen. What are you? What are your plans for 2022? Thank you for asking. Season two of the podcast, because we just launched in May this year, which I did a eight-week podcast accelerator course with Michelle Sorio and Ginny Productions. And they're the people who put this all together and edit it so nicely and do some beautiful cover art. And every Monday morning, I have a new episode. So yeah, I am having an absolute blast and learning about so many things that I'm very curious about. I've been recently speaking with a lot of authors and a lot of them have self-published with Amazon and that has really piqued my attention. And again, a part of me also, a big part of me is really wants to go into some sort of online digital something. I know I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I still work a nine to five. I, I, I'm an HR director and it's been great, but peace out. Yeah. it's time. It's time. Wow. And, and again, and I'm 60 and I want to be able to do something wherever I am. Yeah. And I can, and believe me, I can work yeah, wherever course. I am, meaning outside of the house, but it's definitely time to just work smarter. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah. That, and connecting. I think it's called the great resignation. Like so many people. Yes. Yeah. Getting their jobs yeah. and saying, I want to work for myself. Yeah. I mean, not, not everything, yeah. but I love that. And I love that you're thinking about that because there is so much opportunity and there's so many ways to make passive income. So why not go for it? So. Yeah, that's, that's definitely uh, on my horizon. And, and yet, just like you, I, I don't know. And yeah, I sometimes just have to take a lot of dedicated time just to step off the ride, to pump my brakes, really be quiet. And then I talk to someone who says something and I, that's, I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. And so I know that the clues are coming and it will, it will show itself. So that is, um, that is my plan. I mean, I'm honestly so grateful that 2021, you know, was a very different year than 2020. And hopefully it only gets better and better. You know, I'm really looking forward to that part. And I know I have like so much more and I'm not done. Yeah. So, well, one tip, one tip I just thought of, I want to share with you. Um, I just, I just joined 
because you had mentioned you want to like network more and kind of just come across, maybe this will trigger some ideas, but I just joined this uh, free community or platform called Lunch Club. And it's basically just a place where you can network with people. And I actually have my first Lunch Club meeting tomorrow. And it's just like a random, you you kind of tell them your interests, you tell them what your your it, your business is or whatever, your niche is, whatever. And yeah, you can meet really cool people. My friend told me about it. He met someone awesome. So hopefully I'll have more to share about it after my first meeting tomorrow. But if you're looking for networking, oh, check it out. I definitely will. I thank you. That's uh, I love that. I love love. So mindset. Let's I, I want to finish with that because we you started that was your first step in in your in your pivot. What exercises did you do to remind yourself who you were? So many things. Um, like you said, number one, meditation. Number two, journaling. Literally want to get my notebook because I have this. I just wrote this down because I just did a live with someone today about all the different things I have. Of course, my notebook's nowhere to be found. Oh, actually, it's right here. I actually oh look at that. Wanna, it's right in front of you. I want to pull it out because <laughs> I always think of, I always mention the same things, which is meditation, journaling, and those are true. But there are other things that I always forget. So I think one is uh really having a good morning routine, making sure that you're setting up your day in a way that allows you to have a good mindset. So staying off your phone the first first 30 minutes. I like to kind of clean my apartment, get myself in a have a clean slate. Again, I journal, I do a daily gratitude list, and then I work out. Working out is huge for my mindset. See, I think trying to shift a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset is something that really helped me. So basically instead of thinking about all the things that I don't have and everything that's going wrong, really try to shift into a place of looking for opportunities and looking into all of the different things that are available to you. This is more relevant once you're kind of building your business and you're trying to deal with, you know, not getting clients, et cetera. But I think that kind of work is really important. I developed a mastermind with my friends. So basically getting, you know, mm, a couple people, very important. Yeah. Get a few people in a room, you know, mm. whether that's through a private Facebook group or a weekly zoom, whatever it is, have a group of people that are on a similar path that you are. So you can chat about whatever you're dealing with, give yourself, give each other advice, insight. I think that's really important. Good brainstorming opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that was really helpful for me was reframing. So reframing negative thoughts and beliefs. This is, this was huge. And I actually have a post on my Instagram, like an activity that walks through how you can identify these negative beliefs and reframe them. But Every morning while journaling, if there are negative beliefs, I'll write them down and I'll either reframe them in a more positive light or I'll play lawyer with them and I'll refute them because often these beliefs that we have are not even true and they're and they're not even yours. They're not exactly. And that's what and they're not and they're not even yours. This is exactly why this I made this carousel. So if you guys want to check it out, it's my Instagram stuff.pinsley, but I literally walked through these different questions. So you can figure out where did this belief come from? Because often it is like a third grade teacher told you you were an idiot. Somebody, somebody <laughs> said something yeah. and we wear it like a tattoo right? or drag it, you know, behind us. And we still have the hot steam and bag of shit that someone yeah. said from a thousand years ago. Exactly. And who was that person? Exactly. And who cares? Right. So that's so important. Figuring out what are those beliefs? What is the story that you tell yourself? What is your self-talk? Because what you tell yourself matters. How you identify matters. I used to say, like I said, I was a procrastinator. I am a procrastinator. I am anxious. And you are. I and, I, and I embodied that. If I had a point of coming up against, oh, I don't want to do this task. I would succumb to that because I thought I'm a procrastinator. This is who I am. Once I removed that from my belief system, from my self-talk, when I came up to that point of, oh, I kind of want to procrastinate. I was like, you know what? No, because I'm not a procrastinator. So what you tell yourself really matters and figuring out what are your beliefs about yourself that are holding you back or that are giving you an advantage. So you can either rewrite them, reframe them, get rid of them, or yeah, use them to your advantage. You know, if, if there are some, because it's harder to find those, obviously we all love to tear ourselves down. I'm going to definitely check that out, but I will tell you that perhaps you've, I don't know, read my journal because it's, we have the same morning routine. <laughs> I, we, I reframe. I do the, I do the whole thing. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, she's stealing my crap. I'm like, what? 
Yeah, it's well, oh, great minds. Great minds think alike Same. is all I can say. What about your, what's your nighttime routine? Because that's also really important. So I don't watch TV during the week. So I'll come home from work or if I'm, I do a prayer group once a week, I have coffee with my friend once a week. And then the other nights I'll come home, spend a little time with the hub. Then I'll read. And I'm usually asleep by 8 30, 9 o'clock because I do wake up between 4 30 and 5 because I'll work out, do my morning pages. And that is my morning is my time. Right. Oh, my morning oh. is my time. It's listen, it's early only because of my schedule. Like I drive an hour each in each direction to work. And so when I come home from work, I'm good for nothing. Like this, I can't like not happening. Yeah. So when I discovered the morning thing and, and it was actually like, oh my goodness, like six years ago, at least maybe even seven, you know, my neighbor and I said, we're going to go work out. And since we both worked, we had to go early. The gym was five minutes away. She had a great, a car with heated seats. So in the middle of winter, it didn't suck. It was wonderful. Uh, accountability partner. It was great. And after, I mean, so the first week we didn't leave at four o'clock, like let's try 4.30. Okay. And then the next week, let's try 10 minutes earlier. And to a point then, and, and obviously going to bed much earlier. Yeah. So that then we were actually leaving for the gym at four. Oh my God. And people would be like, you're crazy. I'm like, this is my time, but I'm also asleep by 8.30. I'm still getting at least eight hours of sleep. So sleep to me is a top priority. Self-care. Don't, if I'm up late, something's happening. And, and then I make sure I recover the next night your body just needs it. Yeah. Not the same, same with me. I like if I, because I used to wake up super early despite how much sleep I got and I didn't go to sleep as early as you're just, as you have said. So but when you're not, when you don't have good rest, it's game over. No, you can't operate. Your productivity will go down the toilet. So yeah, that's so important. I couldn't agree more. And you become cranky and resentful and yeah. you know, then you're, then you're, then you're just bitchy yeah. and because you're tired, right? It's at the end of the day, you're tired. You need, you know, power naps don't even help. So yeah, that's, uh, yeah. On the weekend, I'll catch up on stuff. Thank God for streaming. There's nothing that, okay, well, I'll, I'll see it. If I see it, if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't, I, I, I limit the amount of noise. Uh, I don't, I don't watch the news. Yeah, me either. <laughs> Literally don't watch you know, the news I'm, at all. I'm selective as to which newspaper I'm reading. It's not the local one, which has nothing but crap. You know, it's just bad stuff going. So I, I really do stay in. I always look for good and that's what I want to stay around. And, and great, believe me, t- like yesterday, I woke up crabby. So I'm like, you know, okay. I'm going to be a little bitchy today. And I, and I warn people, I'm like, I'm a little, I'm a little off. I don't know if you really want to be around me. Yeah. Just, it's the warning. I'm not, you know, it's not going to take you by surprise. And, but by the time last night came, I'm like, okay, enough, because this is draining energy. Who is it serving? No one. Let it go, which I did and had a great day today. I'm I'm just always so grateful every morning to open my eyes. Me Thank too. you. Thank you, Lord, for another day. Literally. Yep. See, that's why daily gratitude. And I want to make the best of it. Yeah. And I and I really wanna make the best of all of it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I love that perspective. Cause yeah, I mean, there's so many things that could go wrong. And we have we have so many more things going right in our life than we acknowledge most of the time. So many things to be grateful so for. So much more. Just like the majority. Being able mm-hmm. to walk and move my body without pain and see and hear my family's alive. Like if that's if my family's alive, like I'm good. Things are good. Yeah. And the list then could go on and on. Yeah. And yeah, are there things on this side that, you know, oh, but tail, you know, woe is, yeah, it is we, but there's where the reframing comes in. Exactly. And, Great mind. And, and well, exactly. You know, it's, it's, but it's, it's interesting how obviously not everybody sees it that way. And, you know, um, Pollyanna, I'm not realistic. I'm not a lot of things. You're right. 
I just, because I choose this. Right. Your perspective's everything. That's something I really fully realized the last couple of years. You could look for the bad and you'll find the bad. That's, that's all, that's all you're going to see. But if you shift your perspective, I, I, let's, your perspective is your power. As long as you can see things in a positive light or make an effort to your whole life changes, your whole reality changes. It's all how you perceive things and how you react to them. So I love that. So important. Yeah. Oh, this has been so much fun. All right. Yay. Yay for the steps. I like it. Yay. (laughs) Okay. All right. So social media handles, TikTok, where are we going to find you? And these will also also be in the show notes, but shout it on out. Yeah. So on Instagram and TikTok, it's Steph.Pinsley. Like we were saying earlier, S T E F. (laughs) <laughs> not ph dot pif don't look for me don't look for me in the ph <laughs> look for her in the f go yep. ahead so that's it step.pinsley instagram tiktok that's really where i post the most but if you want to connect with me on linkedin stephanie pinsley shoot me a dm <laughs> but really uh, wherever you guys want to connect or email whatever but yeah and then the website for the courses the website is in the link in my bio i, I would tell you the url but it's a bit long oh, i'll send you the yes, link. yes yes you, i'll just send you the link to put in the show notes but yeah if you guys are interested in applying to roadmap to rise the link is in my bio in both instagram and tiktok um, or if you just want to learn more about the program that's where you can do that that sounds great and i can't i'm definitely going to check back in in 2022 just to see where we're at and check out that lunch club. Thank you for that. Cause it's, it's, there's so many people out there and so many that we haven't met yet. And, and it's time. Yeah. It's so isolating too right now. So it's nice to find new ways to connect with people. Yeah. Yeah. And people with great stories to tell like you. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. This was amazing. This was really fun. Fun. I appreciate it. And thank you everybody. As always, you've listened, you've heard another episode this is episode 30 something well, that's it, it, crazy, mind boggling. And, and, you know, and I said in 2022 that I'm actually going to say season two. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So find us on Apple, on Spotify, iHeart, wherever you hear your pods. Listen, rate, review, subscribe, but more importantly, leave some comments at the website, joyfoundhere.com. We'd love to hear your takeaways. And until the next time, I love what I heard from a woman that I recently interviewed. Her friend had told her, you can settle down, but don't settle for less. Yes. Love that. I love that. So with that, we'll talk to you next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.